All right, and we are live. Good evening, America. I'm toxic. She's masculine. Together we are toxic masculinity. <laughs> the most unprofessional show on YouTube. You want to say hi, Valeria? Well, I think... Uh, hi, everyone. I think we become a little bit more professional because I slightly moved my body. Right, to an so area of the, the sofa. the sun will yeah. probably not hit me. Yeah, the hope is that the, the sun will not hit her throughout the the episode. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe, maybe it will, maybe it won't. Um, before we get into the actual news, um, I want to talk about... Uh, let's see, what's this guy's name? Alcee Hastings. Alcee Hastings, or Alcee. Alcee Hastings. Now, this is a guy who you, you may have heard of recently because he just died. Uh, he was a senator. I wonder what state he was senator from. I guess Florida. Yeah, Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale area. And uh, he was elected senator... And, you know, people might think, oh, you know, this is this is sad. You know, somebody died and all this kind of stuff. Uh, when I read about this guy, I, I just thought, I just realized, like, this is, how is this guy a senator? How is this guy a senator? So this guy's a Democrat from Florida. And, uh, I mean, I normally don't celebrate somebody dying. But this is one of the few times I'm like... This is probably a good thing because I want, I want to talk a little bit about this guy because I've talked about this in the past, how Democrats are criminals, right? And if you elect a Democrat, everyone, not everyone, like not every single one of them, maybe a couple that are still not. If you elect a Democrat to political office, you are electing a criminal. Do not listen to her. They are all criminals i know democrats who are not criminals but they're stupid oh no no that's just aoc <laughs> there's only one there's only one who is not a criminal that's aoc because she's a moron um but let me read you about this guy because i had no idea who this guy was i had no idea anything about this guy and he's a wait was he a senator or a a congressman i guess he was he serves as a member of the u.s house of representatives uh, let's see here. Yeah, and he was a judge before that, so I guess he was a congressman. He wasn't a wasn't a senator. Sorry. Um, yeah, but I mean, just obviously, there's so many so many congressmen that it's hard to like know anything about all of them. There's just so many of them. Mm -hmm. Senators are a little bit easier to keep track of because there's only a hundred of them. Um, but here's the thing, right? This guy. This guy was a criminal, a criminal, and not just a not just a normal criminal. He was a criminal who had held public office previously. So he was a he was a judge. Oh, I forgot to put my watch on. He was a judge who was guilty of taking bribes, which is like the most horrible thing you can do as a judge, I suppose, aside from like rape and murder. As a judge, you were trusted by the public. To uphold the law. That's what you're supposed to do. So he was convicted of, of uh, basically crime, you know, crimes, you know, bribery. So well, it's a little bit tricky because he wasn't actually convicted in a criminal trial. And the reason he wasn't 
Uh, let me let me just read you this. This is because this is crazy. I know this is not part of our news yet. We're not even into the news. We're not. We we didn't even do intro. We didn't do the intro. All right, I'll do the intro. You want the intro? Yes. You got the intro. Toxic masculinity. That's right. We are toxic masculinity. The most unprofessional show on YouTube. All right, let's have a look here. Allegations and impeachment. Uh, in 1981, after a sting operation by the FBI against uh, attorney and alleged co-conspirator William Borders, Hastings was charged with conspiracy to solicit a $150,000 bribe equivalent to $421,834 in 2019. It's quite a bit of money. I'd like to have that. In exchange for a lenient sentence for Frank and Thomas Romano on 21 counts of racketeering. So it sounds like mafioso, right? It sounds like gang gang members. Um, of racketeering and the return of their seized assets. In his 1983 trial, Hastings was acquitted by a jury after Borders refused to testify in court despite having been convicted in his own trial in 1982. Borders went to jail after accepting the first $225,000 payment but was later given a full pardon by President Bill Clinton's last day in office. You are kidding me. You are kidding wow. me. Bill Clinton, you scumbag. I'm telling you, Bill Clinton's a criminal. This guy's a criminal. They're all criminals. I mean, what are you doing pardoning this guy? He's an obvious criminal. Here's the, here's the biggest issue, right? Hastings was acquitted by a jury after Borders refused to testify in court. Now, I don't know who composed the jury. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But considering that this guy became a House of Representatives, you know, I don't know what the constituency is in his area or why he would have been acquitted. Mm-hmm. But we do have a problem in America occasionally where you will have, if it's a high-profile case especially, of a black person and you have a mostly black jury, you will sometimes get an acquittal just because the person's black. Because we do have a problem, as I mention on the show often, mm-hmm. this show and Mr. Reagan, we do have a problem with racism in America, but it's not against black people, it's against white people. And you will see this sometimes where black people will say, oh no, well, you know, he's black, so we should acquit him as a kind of way of, you know, standing in solidarity with other black people or something like that, which is like, you would never see that with white people. You would never see a group. I mean, maybe in like 1950, there were places in the South where there was a jury of white people and maybe like a white guy was on trial for killing a black guy and the jury of white people would like, right, uh, acquit the white guy because they were all racists. And now you see the same thing happening here. I don't know if this happened exactly. I don't know if that's what happened, right? That This is just wild speculation. I didn't mm-hmm. look into it in enough, in enough depth. I don't know how he could have been acquitted because it's like the other guy was guilty. The arrangement was that he was bribing this judge and this judge was acquitted? He was obviously guilty. It doesn't... I mean, obviously the justice system did not work here. It did not work here. But anyway, and, and here's... And here's the even more obvious proof. So in 1988, the Democrat-controlled U.S. State, uh, U.S. United States House of Representatives took up the case, and Hastings was impeached for bribery and perjury by a vote of 413 to 3. He was then convicted on October 20th, 1989, by the United States Senate, which at the time was also controlled by Democrats. 
So even Democrats were like, this guy is a terrible person. Like, this guy is clearly a bad dude. Hastings then became uh, became the sixth federal judge in the history of the United States to be removed from office by the Senate. The Senate, in two hours of roll calls, voted on 11 of the 17 articles of impeachment. Uh, it convicted Hastings of eight of the 11 articles. The vote on the first article was, 90, uh, was 69 and... Uh, four and, and, and 26 opposed. He was then removed from the bench, but the Senate did not preclude him from holding office in the future. And I don't know if that was intentional or that was just like a mistake or they just didn't even consider it. Um, what was he doing in Florida? What do you mean? People live in Florida? I don't understand. I uh, know, but <laughs> I mean, it's a Republican state. Oh, well, now. I don't know. I don't know what it was in the 1980s. It might not have been the, quite the same political uh, situation. Mm, maybe because it's in the South. Mm. It's considered to be in the South, right? And until I think, I don't know. I think at that time there were still a lot of Democrats down there. Um, I mean, it's still it's still sort of like borderline. Florida isn't fully Republican. Yeah, Florida's know. like I a know. swing state. I know. Um, Hastings. <clears throat> filed suit in federal court claiming that his impeachment trial was invalid because he was tried by a Senate committee, not in front of the full Senate, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so he's trying to do all this stuff like, oh, no, not really. Um, and here, the last sentence, it says, he went as far as to protest that Judge Hastings, that his, his fundamental rights were violated and that in no sense of the word was Judge Hastings tried by the full Senate. So they're, they're trying to get, get him out on a technicality uh, after he was impeached. The truth is, this guy committed crimes, right? He took bribes as a federal judge. He shouldn't have been a judge. But then, then he goes and he has an election in 1990, right? Oh, wait, hold on. Hastings attempted to make a political comeback by running for Secretary of State of Florida. Uh, blah, 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 blah. But I don't think he won, right? Yeah, Hastings... Won just one of Florida's 67 counties. Yeah, because why would they? But then, in 1992, he ran for Congress. Sorry, he lost that one. Did he lose this one? Okay, hold on. After placing second in the initial Democrat primary for the post, scored an upset victory over State Representative Frankel in the runoff and went to, went on to easily win the election in the heavily Democrat district, he did not face a serious challenge. And so then he was, he represented Flora's 20th district. So he did win. So he won in, in 92. Uh, and he, he was, and this is the crazy thing to me. He was a congressman for Florida from 1992 to 2003. Wait. I don't know. I don't understand this. Following the redistricting, he was he was uh, represented at Florida's twentieth district from January twenty uh, two thousand thirteen until his death. So, okay, so he was the twenty twenty. Okay, I don't know that got that got a little bit confusing. But anyway, he was a congressman from nineteen ninety two until just like yesterday. Yeah, that's how long he was in Congress for. But the, and, the, but the, and Democrats saying that Putin for being such a long time a president. You see all of those Democrats, they're sitting there for yeah. like 20, 30 yeah, years. Yeah. 
or Pelosi yeah. like 60 years or yeah. whatever, yeah. how yeah. long she's been there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, this guy is a criminal, okay? Criminal trial. He was taking bribes for How these, much? you know, uh, almost $500,000. Oh, that's not much. The equivalent of $500,000. I mean, it's a little <laughs> bit of money. But but uh, I, ass- I assume that the district that he was he was running in was black. Okay, I don't get... Black Democrats are crazy. Black Democrats always vote for, like, the worst possible people to represent them. And I don't understand it because it doesn't... <laughs> it doesn't make them look good. I mean, it, it looks terrible. Because they think that that person is going to, like, help them somehow. Exactly. That's, and not, that's not true. No, they're not. Because they, they always they always end up just, like, stealing money from the, from yeah. the taxpayers and... It's just always some kind of... They're just actually making your life even worse. Black Democrats, stop voting for black representatives just because they're black, okay? Vote for Republicans. White, black, Chinese, whatever they are. Well, maybe not Chinese. (laughs) From China. (laughs) like Chinese Americans. I shouldn't say Chinese. Chinese Americans. Whoever. It doesn't really matter what their skin color is. Vote for them because they're Republican. Because then they will actually represent you... In, Unless it's a Democrat covering other pretending pretending to be Republican, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. All right, well, let's get into the actual news. I just wanted to complain about that because I am trying to collect instances of Democrat corruption in Washington D.C. to do a video for my Mr. Reagan channel. Mm-hmm. Um, I did so with regard to uh, politicians on a local level. I collected a bunch of stories about that, and I was just absolutely shocked at the number of just the just the like level of corruption in like every democrat area in the country is just completely imbued with corruption i mean it's just like at every level all across the country if you live in a democrat region your representatives the people who run your country your political officials mm-hmm. they are almost for sure corrupt I mean, in California, we had a bunch of corrupt officials just arrested by the FBI yeah. uh, last year, and nobody, and nobody heard about it. Nobody, was nobody heard about it. I talked to many people in California. I heard about this from the policeman who was friend with my friend, and my friend told me, hey, right. that guy told there is a lot of arrests, and nobody's talking about nobody's it. Nobody's talking about it. I mean, Garcetti basically isn't even being looked at. As a potential suspect, I mean, even though like it's like everybody in 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 City Hall in Los Angeles is getting arrested, Garcetti somehow doesn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Even though like his his like assistant uh, uh, mayor or something like that was arrested as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Anyway, if you are electing Democrats, you are electing criminals. This is just another example of that. Um, and I have this theory that a lot of people in D.C are blackmailing each other. This is like part of the game. Like in DC, it seems like they want people who are criminals or people who have some kind of skeletons in their closet. Um, they want them to run for office. They want them to be elected. They, they want people who are compromised in office because if you're compromised, you're somebody that can be controlled. Uh, and everybody in DC seems to want to control everybody else. And if you look at the the most obvious example of a Democrat in Washington, D.C. at the moment, Joe Biden, they've obviously got somebody in office who is compromised, who they can control, right? Joe Biden 
has a lot of skeletons in his closet. I mean, it's stuff Republicans are aware of, um, but that doesn't seem to be enough to take him down. I mean, I don't, I don't know why Democrat voters are so gullible that they're that they're not paying attention to the fact that Joe Biden has ripped off the American taxpayer. He's, he's taken money from Ukraine in a corrupt manner. He, he's taken money from China in a corrupt manner. Um, they just they the Democrats don't seem to care. Democrat voters. I don't think they even know about that. I I'm, I don't think most that. I don't think most Democrat People voters do know, know about they it. Don't no, know. yeah, because the media isn't paying attention to these stories. They're just kind of covering it up. I know. Anyway, it's crazy. So, darling. Yes. You know what I'm gonna ask? Yes. What am I gonna ask? Read the first headline. Yes. Could you read the first headline, please? <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner may run for California governor. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? And you got to do the air quotes. Caitlyn Jenner. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, Caitlyn Jenner. Let's go ahead and read this. Oh, so um, hot. Gorgeous. I called you Aston. That's weird. I'm sorry. I saw him moving by the corner of my eye. I got my, my words short-circuited there. Um Valeria yes. is the name that I wanted to say. Don't don't say that. Come on, let's don't say that. <laughs> Caitlin, or as we call her on this show, Bruce Bruce Jenner is exploring a run against embattled California Governor Gavin Newsom. Uh, Bruce Jenner, in discussions with political consultants over whether he should run for California governor, governor of California, according to Axios, citing three sources with direct knowledge of his deliberations. The 71-year-old former Olympian, uh, Olympian's potential foray into politics comes as Governor, uh, as Governor Gavin Newsom. Governor, Governor. Wait, 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 wait. 71 years old? I guess. I don't She's know. 71 years yeah, old? Yeah, he looks pretty good for 71, huh? But he is wow. an Olympian. Wow. So if you're an Olympian... Wow. ...and you want to look like a woman, and you're 71... And you probably rich. do a pretty good job. And you're really... Wow. And you're super rich. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> Valeria's like, I want to look like him and I'm 71. <laughs> don't, don't say that. Good Lord. Okay. Yes, uh, Governor Gavin right. Newsom faces a fierce recall election. Uh, two months after her, her man. Okay. Two months after his manager. Sorry. Two months after his, I want to get those pronouns right. Um, two months after his manager, Sophia Hutchins, nixed the idea of a gubernatorial bid, saying that at the time, Jenner has never considered running for, the, for governor and is happy doing the work that she is doing to promote the LGBT rights and, uh, you know, and spending time with her 18 grandchildren and 10 grandchildren. And I say her and she because it's a quote. Uh, now, however, Jenner is in discussions with longtime GOP fundraiser carolyn wren uh they met each other at the american unity fund a gop nonprofit, which focuses on lgbt issues jenner rose to fame in 1976 winning the olympic decathlon nearly 40 years later jenner transitioned to a woman and adopted a new name after appearing for several years on the reality show keeping up with the kardashians jenner is looking to take advantage of angry californians who have launched a recall campaign against Newsom over his immigration bow. We know that crap. Okay. Uh, inconsistent, sorry. Along with his terrible, inconsistent, and unscientific handling of COVID-19 pandemic. I, I shouldn't have said 
blah, blah, blah. We know that stuff because that's that's actually pretty critical. Um, yeah, Gavin Newsom is a disaster. We all know that. Bruce Jenner, I mean, who knows? Might be a great governor. I mean, this is the thing most people don't know about Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner. He is a Republican. He is a Republican. I love Valeria's reaction to this. I told Valeria this today. I was like, Valeria, there's something I think you don't know about Bruce Jenner. She's like, what? I'm like, he's a Republican. And I believe her response was this. I have to move the mic away. (laughs) (laughs) She laughed like the Joker from Batman the Animated Series. It was pretty funny. I think I just scared the crap out of that cat. (laughs) Now our cats see this fly. Oh, is that what's going on? He's going to go crazy. All right. Well, anyway, um, I mean, who knows? Maybe, look, if Bruce Jenner, I know there's a lot of Christians out there saying that, uh, no, we can't have a transgender person uh, because it's, um, you know, it's sinful and unnatural and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe I agree with that um, to some degree. Uh, however, uh, I think that the problem with being transgender is less about a, uh, you know, an unnatural, you know, I don't, I don't have as much of a religious problem with it, um, even though I am Christian, as I have a, a problem with a transgender person being a politician, because I, I think that transgenderism is an expression of a mental problem, a mental disorder. Um, but I think in some cases, being gay can be the expression of a mental disorder. Uh, I, I mean, there's many different things that you can ways that you can be that are harmful to yourself or to other people, that is the expression of a mental disorder. Now, should that stop you from ever running for public office? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. And the reason I say I don't think so is because just because you have a mental problem in one area of your life, right? And I know some people are going to say, oh, just because you're gay, that doesn't mean you have a mental problem. Okay, fine. Maybe that's true. But I'm just saying, I think Often it, it does mean that it it is an indication of that. Maybe not always, but I think that it can be. And so the question is, if you have a mental disorder, should you be able to run for public office? And I, you know, I think just a lot of people have mental disorders in the world. You know, from just like a little tiny issue to a much more severe issue, which which in which case obviously they wouldn't be able to run for public office or maybe hold down any kind of a job. Mm-hmm. But um, if you can function normally in society and 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 do a good job. Uh, you know, I could actually see myself supporting Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, even call him her just to be somewhat respectful on uh, in this. In, you know, it, like, let's say I met I met the guy and I was like, dude. Lipstick's looking on point today. You know, if like we became friends or something like that, I could imagine calling him her, even though I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Just just so that I wouldn't have to deal with, you know, just just trying to. Not to, but as a rule, I don't tend to call transgender men pretending to be women. I don't call them her or she. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sort of like it's sort of like uh, taking a position, a political position on LGBT issues generally. I have friends who are gay, and you know, I I try not to bring up my opposition to, you know certain kinds of political positions that they may be sensitive to just out of respect for them as as a friend um so you know is that compromising my principles in the area no i don't i don't think so i'm still going to hold the same kind of 
views on ethics. I'm going to hold the same kind of views on politics. Um, but one one position I that's kind of in conflict to some degree with my political positions is my personal view, which is I think that you should be respectful of people generally when you meet them and when you talk to them. I mean, I don't think that um, Bruce Jenner is doing anything particularly particularly unethical. He just does something that's really weird. Um, dressing up like a woman, I think, is just such a weird thing. Well, yeah, they, well he did the full, like... Boobs. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he has like he has implants hair. and everything. So he's dressing up like a like, woman. He's dressing up like really. Yeah, nice he's he's doing a, a a really uh intense job of it. Yeah, but that still doesn't like. He... I think he did a good job. Well, okay. Anyway, the point is, could Bruce Jenner make a good governor? I wouldn't rule out the possibility. I mean, he can't be worse than Newsom. I think Bruce Jenner could potentially be a good governor. I mean, it's kind of maybe a controversial position to take, but um, we do have other options. If you don't like Bruce Jenner, but here's the thing. I think that Bruce Jenner could be one of the few people who could win as a Republican in California. So I'm kind yeah. of I'm kind of rooting for him. And I actually have friends running for governor. Is he going to run as a Republican? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think he would. Hmm. Um, but we also have another very famous person running for governor. Major Williams. <laughs> you know, don't, don't say that because Errol will get pissed off. We have actually, we have two friends, uh, both black guys who are running for, for governor. But if you get famous people in the mix, I mean, the people that we know, they're, they don't really have much of a chance. But no, no, no. It's another famous person from the 80s. Magnum P.I. himself, Mr. Tom Selleck. Mr. Tom Selleck. Uh, who you probably don't even know who that is. That That's a cue for you to say whether or not you know who that is. I don't hear you because of the AC, sorry. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I just turned it off. Okay, I said you probably don't know who Tom Selleck is. No, I don't. No. Um, but my mom had a bit of a crush on him in the 80s, which I always thought was weird. Is, the, is he actually the only person... Because my, you know, my mom... My mom was a loyal wife. She was a good wife to my father. She never said anything like creepy or weird about other men, except Tom Selleck. <laughs> she, she liked Tom Selleck. And I don't know how much of what she was saying about Tom Selleck was a joke, but she'd always be like, oh, Tom Selleck, you know? But she also had, uh, my mom also did this with a guy who was like a used car salesman that would do local ads. <laughs> but that one was very obviously a joke. What, what the heck was that, that guy's name? I can't remember. Like, I think his name was also Tom. It was like Tom Peterson or something like that. Up in Portland, there was a guy who would sell used cars. He had a big used car dealership. And uh, he did these local ads. And my mom would always say, if, if your father ever leaves me, I'm going to get together with with this used car salesman from these cheesy ads. He's like, then we'll be rich, kids. <laughs> my mom was a little... I She had a kind of a funny sense of humor. Anyway... <laughs> She talked about it a weird lot, like a, like a, like more than you would think that would be appropriate for uh, for jokes for children. But um, it was a sort of repetitive, ongoing joke. It worked. I, I always thought it was funny. Anyway, um, but I don't know. Like, look, here's the thing: I watch Tom Selleck sometimes do his ads on Fox. Right, he does these ads for um, for like a, a certain kind of like mor- mortgage, like mm-hmm. a mortgage thing, and. Uh, he seems with it. He seems together. He's a bit of an older man. 
but uh, but I like his presentation. I he's still I think he's still a charismatic person. So under normal circumstances, I think he could win governorship. But because we live in such a crazy left wing state, it's I think it's likely that that someone more like Caitlyn Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner, could uh, could have a better chance. Well, I think I still yes. think that California voted um, Trump this year. So I hope that maybe in five years, maybe less, but I don't think it's possible, that we can turn California red. And if Caitlyn Jenner will help in this situation. Wait, why do you think we can turn California red? Because I think this election 2020, I think California voted for Trump. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I didn't quite understand you. So... You you think that that we're more red than than is being reported yeah. in in the polls and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But you just think corruption is keeping uh Democrats yeah. in office and whatnot. I mean, it is a possibility. I'm not so sure I'm convinced that that's quite true, but I definitely think we're more red than is reflected in our representation here in the state, for sure. But uh, anyway, would you like to I think that's good for that story, yeah. All right. Would you like to move on to the next story? Yeah. Uh, Texas and Louisiana sue Biden admin for admin administrator administration. Admin, okay. Sue the Biden administration. Okay, one more time. Texas and Louisiana sue Biden administration for refusing to arrest illegal with criminal records. Illegals, I think. Illegals. Illegals. Illegal immigrants. All right, Texas, Louisiana sue Biden administration for refusing to take criminal illegal immigrants. What do you mean take? I I think they mean arrest. Uh, Let's see here. The Biden administration issued new law enforcement guidelines on its first day in office. Texas and Louisiana are suing the Department of Homeland Security for its alleged refusal to take criminal illegal immigrants into custody after rules that narrowed enforcement priorities. Law enforcement requires defendants to take custody of many criminal aliens, including those with final orders of removal, those convicted of drug offenses, and, and those convicted of crimes of moral turpitude, the complaint says. By refusing to take these criminal aliens into custody, defendants have disregarded non-discretionary legal duties. Um, So this is fantastic. I love that they're... It's so funny how much trouble the Biden administration is getting into for their executive orders. Like, they stopped building the wall, and then we reported just recently, like, uh, actually, that's illegal. Once... Once Congress has set aside money for a specific project, you can't just unilaterally cancel that project as president. You, the project's funded. Yeah. It has to happen. So Biden was breaking the law by stopping border wall uh, construction. And now it turns out they're doing, they're, they've enacted some other kind of protocol that's also illegal. They're, also, they're just doing whatever they want and completely ignoring the law. And so it's important that uh, Republicans come out and they do sue them every time they do this kind of thing. And I love it. I love that that's happening right now. The complaint points to a DHS memo issued on Inauguration Day, which establishes interim enforcement priorities and focused immigration enforcement on three categories of, of migrants. Those who pose a national security risk, those who entered the U.S. after November 1st, and those convicted of an ag- aggravated felony. The Biden administration has 
said uh, such guidance, which was reflected in a separate memo later issued by Immigration and Customs Enforcement, will oh hello uh, will make the agency more effective and does not exclude other illegal immigrants from deportations. Uh, Let's see here. Critics have accused the administration of failing to prioritize other criminals. The Biden administration also tried to impose a moratorium on most deportations, with the exception of these cases, but was blocked by a lawsuit from Texas. I mean, it says a lot, I think. It says a lot when Biden's um, various memos and executive orders and all this kind of stuff, they all seem to be like falling down one after the other as they're challenged in court, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, basically the Biden administration, it's kind of funny because there was um, an interview with Biden early on, like when he was uh, running for president and he said that he would, he, he would not legislate through executive action, that that's what tyrants do, that that's what fascists do, dictators. Yeah. Something like that. And, uh, and as soon as he got into, into office, his people just put in front of him a giant stack of executive orders and said, sign all these. And he was like, okay. And then it turned out like most of them are illegal. You can't just, you you actually legally can't govern by executive order in in the United States. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump was not doing that. I mean, the, the big, the big difference between what Donald Trump did and what Biden is doing is that Donald Trump certainly issued executive orders just like Obama did, just like Bush did and all that kind of stuff. But he did so within the parameters of what was legal. Biden's people didn't even seem to look at that. Or if they did, they just ignored it. Like, what's legal? What's illegal? Eh, doesn't matter. We'll just do whatever we want. By the time it's challenged in court, we'll have already done the damage that we want to do. Um, And, uh, you know, and sadly, I I think, like, they're getting away with a lot. You know, they're getting away with a lot more than they should be getting away with. But, um, yeah, there is a process that we go by in America. It's a little bit slower than maybe some people would want. But there's a reason for that. You know, there's a reason for it. And they, 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 they already control all, you know, at least both the uh, what, 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 the legislative branch and the executive branch. So there's no real reason for them to just rely on these executive orders. They could actually just pass pass laws the old-fashioned way. I don't get it. I don't get why they did all these executive orders. They knew they had the House and the Senate. So, like, <laughs> I don't understand what the executive orders were for. Like, Fast just to be faster. Time yeah. faster, yeah. yeah. Because TikTok, Biden is not healthy and young and... Uh, Th- yeah, but it doesn't matter. They're gonna, they're gonna... It's easier to control than they will be Kamala Harris. They're, yeah, maybe. This is why yeah. they, they put, like, 15 executive orders in front of him. Like, sign until you're still alive i don't know i I think i think Kamala harris was chosen because she is also malleable like she's also compromised she's also the kind of person that they can control they just needed not white not men i I do think that that was probably the the primary criteria she's like asian hispanic black she's like jewish (laughs) no oh i'm sure she's she's claimed that as well she seems to claim everything she seems to claim everything. Um, and she claims to be a woman as well. All right. Shall we uh, Shall we move on to the next yeah. story? Uh, Psaki admits Biden admi- administration is quietly resuming construction on Trump's border wall. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, isn't that crazy? 
Speak, speaking oh, of God. his executive orders and how the, the border wall, stopping the, the construction on border wall was illegal, they've actually secretly started working on Trump's border wall again. I love that. I love that. So let's have a, a read. This is from National File. Uh, well, actually, let's, let's go ahead and watch the video because this is a pretty good video. And then actually you sent me a kind of comedy version of this. So I'll go ahead and play that next. Hold on a second. the border the dhs secretary is reportedly looking to finish some gaps in the southern border how does that fit with president biden's day one executive order to stop border wall construction well wall construction remains paused to the extent permitted by law so some has already been funded through a uh, congressional uh, authorization and funding allocation uh, but as agencies uh, develop for a plan, uh, it's paused while agencies are developing a plan for the president on the management of the federal funds. When the administration took office, as you referenced, funds had been diverted from congressionally appropriated military construction projects uh, and other appropriated purposes toward building the wall. And wall construction was being challenged in multiple lawsuits, in, for, for much of the wall, I should say, not all of it, by plaintiffs who allege serious environmental and safety issues. Under those circumstances, uh, federal agencies are continuing to review wall contracts and develop a plan to submit to the president soon. It is, it is paused. Uh, there is uh, some limited construction that has been funded and allocated for, but it is uh, otherwise paused. They're really showing themselves to do really well. Come on, man. All right, so you can see that. So. Yeah. Uh, executive order stop building wall, mm -hmm. but there was already money in it. Yeah. So it's illegal to stop building yeah. wall, but they still keep building the wall. I don't understand. Okay, I, you you pretend to be uh, Peter Ducey, and I'm going to pretend to be Jen Psaki. Okay. Okay, ask me about the the wall construction. I still keep building a wall construction. Uh, uh, I, uh, 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 but otherwise it's paused. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I have. I mean, Jen Psaki is is clearly not the best person for this job, right? I mean, she's. Hold on, I'm going to move myself slightly over. Um, she's not good at her job. We've we've we went, we've gone over this many many times. She is completely ill-equipped to be being press secretary. She doesn't take questions well. She's a bit of an idiot. She's always unprepared. <laughs> um, she's terrible. She's terrible at her job. And yet, still, we see moments like this where she is even worse than we expect. Where she's like, uh, she, she can barely even express what she's trying to say. I mean, it looks to me like she did prepare for this question. Maybe like because she, she was reading. Because didn't they ask for question ahead of, questions ahead of time so they can prepare answers? No, not Peter Ducey's. Maybe with some of them, but not Peter Ducey. That Peter was Ducey. the last question that Peter Ducey asked. Peter Ducey is from Fox. So. He's going to be fired. Not yeah, allowed, maybe he's not, not going to be allowed to come back. To come back, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Well, I, I okay, no, that's not probably true, but... but um, it is funny. Like this is one thing that I think that she really didn't want to talk about or want to admit to, and so I think she did probably prepare for it, but not enough. So, <clears throat> you know, I think it 
kind of caught her off guard. She was kind of expecting it, but then when she heard it, it was like, oh crap, I gotta, I gotta make sure this one's good because this is a tough one and I want to be really clear. And so the answer that she gave, it, you know what I think actually happened now that I think about it? I think Peter Ducey asked a question in a way she wasn't expecting. I think that the question she was expecting to hear was, you know, it's illegal for you to stop border, con- border wall construction. You know, how can you get away with this? Because, the, because that's the, what she really answered mostly. Mostly her answer was about how, like, the reasons why it was acceptable for them to stop border wall construction, right? She kept saying, like, oh, well, there's a certain amount of money that's allocated to border wall construction, so we have to do it. But it's on pause while we figure out how to manage border, border wall construction, which is a really a BS excuse, right? You don't have to figure out how to manage border wall construction. It was already being done. So their idea of like pausing it while we figure out the best way to manage border wall construction, that's just a total lie. That's just what, well, we're just, we're, uh, we're stalling so that maybe we can figure out how to not build the border wall. Mm-hmm. But, um, but his question was a little bit, and I think this is why she stuttered so much. His question was a little bit different because he was getting them on their hypocrisy about saying they were going to stop border wall construction and then not being able to stop border, constru- border wall construction. So he was actually trying to make them look bad. I think if this is what, what his intent was, what his question does is it makes her look bad or the Biden administration look bad to Democrats, which I don't think she was expecting him to ask a question that would make them look bad to Democrats. Very well, very cleverly crafted question on the part of Peter Ducey. Really smart. Um, yeah, Saki had no idea how to answer that. Uh, that she probably left the podium and was like, "Crap, you guys, why didn't you prepare me for that? I'm so pissed off." Probably scolded everybody. I can tell she is a very un- unpleasant person to work with. I, I'm, Saki? I'm sure. I'm sure that behind the scenes, she is a nightmare. She's a nightmare. That's my guess. Total speculation here, folks. I have no idea for real, but that's that's how she comes across to me. Anyway, I just thought that was funny. That interview is funny. Oh, Valeria posted another, like a funny version of that, right? Didn't you send me something? Yeah. Yeah, this one. Yeah, let's go ahead and play. This is kind of funny. <laughs> the DHS secretary is reportedly looking to finish some gaps in the southern border. How does that fit with President Biden's day one executive order to stop border wall construction? Well, wall construction remains paused to the extent permitted by law. So some has already been funded through uh, congressional uh, authorization and funding allocation. Uh, But as agencies uh, develop... Border. The DHS secretary is reportedly looking to finish some gaps in the southern. Switch the mic on. Okay, mic on. I can tell you guys what's going on. Hey, hey, stop it! You know we're the least professional show on YouTube. There's <laughs> Not no reason. That's bad. No, no, no. This is this is the level that we get to, ladies and gentlemen. We're not good at this. I'm not gonna. Uh, you know, come on. Let's not pretend we are. Okay, this is this is Pisaki in Valeria's comedy video that she sent me that I think is quite funny. All right, here we go. The DHS secretary is reportedly looking to finish some gaps in the southern border. 
How does that fit with President Biden's day one executive order to stop border wall construction? Well, wall construction remains paused to the extent permitted by law. So some has already been funded through uh, congressional uh, authorization and funding allocation. Uh, but as agencies uh, develop for a plan, uh, it's paused while agencies are developing a plan for the president on the management of the federal funds. When the administration took office, as you referenced, funds had been diverted from congressionally appropriated military construction projects uh, and other appropriated purposes toward building the wall. It is, it is paused. Uh, there is uh, some limited construction that has been funded and allocated for, but it is uh, otherwise paused. Anyway, he thought that was pretty funny. We like that. Um, yeah, I do apologize for the technical difficulties at the beginning. I don't have a producer. I have to click on the little buttons myself, and I mess them up quite frequently. Thus providing uh, you with the least professional show on YouTube. What, you were going to say my, something? My muscles hurt. I think it's... You had to watch that twice. too much. When so if you want to know if Valeria has a sense of humor, yes, she does. And it's for stuff like that. She she finds that sort of thing very funny. She wants it over and over again and get hours of hilarious enjoyment out of it. All right. Uh, darling. Yes. You know what I'm going to say? Yes. What am I going to say? I'm going to read the... Next headline? Next headline. All right. Let's do it. Uh, LAPD ex expert paid $13,000 to testify that Derek Chauvin used excessive force very well done so complicated for me to read (laughs) Derek Chauvin used excessive force on George Floyd LAPD expert says they had to bring in somebody from Los Angeles to testify and then they paid him $13,000 here's $13,000 just say what we want you to say you know Los Angeles it sounds fancy expert an expert from Los Angeles. Yeah. Well, let's read this. Uh, a Los Angeles Police Department expert on uh, on police use of force offered paid testimony Tuesday that Derek Chauvin used excessive force during George Floyd's police custody death. LAPD Sergeant Jody Steger, who has recently received nearly $13,000 to testify in the case, said that Chauvin's murder trial, uh, said at Chauvin's murder trial, that the former Minneapolis police's knee restraint on Floyd's neck was not standard practice. But see, this is ridiculous for him to say because it was standard practice in Minnesota. They're taught, those officers are taught to restrain people in that manner specifically. Now, people are complaining. Now they've shifted the goalpost, right? They've said, oh, well, it wasn't that he used the knee to the neck that because that was standard procedure. It was that he used the knee to the neck for too long. So they've shifted it from just using knee to the neck, which they, which everybody said that was actually a bad thing for them to do. Now they said, well, they, he used it for too long. But this guy's saying this wasn't standard practice, but it was standard practice in Minnesota. Well, let's start that he didn't die from knee on the neck. No, he didn't. He didn't die from the knee on the neck. He had like four or five different drugs in his blood. Well, the and the he most was tested the, positive for COVID. Why don't you write <laughs> that he died from COVID? <laughs> As you did it for the whole year. <laughs> I know everybody's everybody who dies. There's a there's a video that uh, somebody posted the other day from early on. I think it was in 2020 when the when the virus was still everybody was still terrified of it and everything. And they were like, just to be clear, when we 
when we count COVID deaths, we're just counting deaths of people who test positive for COVID. We're not trying to determine whether or not COVID caused the death. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm in a position now where I'm thinking like, you know, deaths have dropped so much that how many deaths do we have that are even of COVID anymore at all? Like it could be that no deaths are of COVID because they're just basically counting any death in which somebody has contracted COVID as a COVID death. So you, you still have old people dying left and right because old people just die all the time. And that's, that's part of the way the world works. Yeah. And, um, and if they've, they've caught COVID, doesn't matter how, how successful the treatments have been for COVID, if they die and they've contracted COVID, it's a COVID death. So now all the deaths that we're counting all the time could be nothing to do with COVID at this point. COVID could be done, you know, as far as we know, uh, because they, they're still counting deaths. From what I understand, they're still counting deaths as COVID deaths, even if they're just testing positive for COVID, but not actually dying of COVID. Anyway, that's a, that's a tangent. I do apologize. Let me continue reading this story. LAPD Sergeant, uh, okay, I already read that bit. Uh, based upon your review of these materials, what is your opinion as to the degree of force used by the defendant on Mr. Floyd? Prosecutor Steve uh, Schleicher, Schleicher asked, My opinion was that the force was excessive, Steger responded. Steger said he considered several factors in coming to that conclusion, including the severity of the offense that led to Floyd's arrest, passing a counterfeit $20 bill. Typically, in a normal situation... When you're dealing with somebody who is a counterfeiter or somebody who's using a counterfeit bill, typically you wouldn't even expect to use any kind of force, Steger testified. <clears throat> uh, and we'll get into some of the more details here in a second. But I want to say that like, the counterfeit bill issue was merely the spark that set off this situation. It was not the fire that the officer was trying to put out by restraining uh, George Floyd. Um, everybody always says, like, he, you know, he was killed for having a $20 bill. That's actually not true. The reason that George Floyd died, first of all, was that he, he had three times a lethal dose of fentanyl. That was the main drug that is suspected by anybody who has looked at the autopsy report. That's the main cause of death, as far as anybody sensible believes, right? One thing that's a little bit interesting, actually, I had somebody contact me who's a pharmacist and who knows a little bit about drug overdoses and stuff like this. Um, somebody I know personally. And they're a Democrat, and they thought, well, actually, you can, you can survive a lethal dose of fentanyl mm -hmm. if you're an addict. If you're an addict of a particular kind of drug then your body becomes much more uh, tolerant of that drug. And what is considered to be a lethal dose of a drug may not be lethal to you. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But not if you have other drugs in your... Not only that, not only the other drugs, but also three times a fatal dose to me. Even if you are, you know, if you do have a tolerance to that drug, three times the fatal dose, that's not something that can just be ignored, you know <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, no, no, we got to ignore the fentanyl because he was a drug addict. So for sure, that didn't kill him. I'm not sure that didn't kill him. That I mean, because he, he you know, one of the main symptoms of a fentanyl overdose is the fact that you can't breathe. Right. 
And he was saying that he can't breathe for like five minutes before they put him. Well, on. Th this is the point that yeah. I made. This is the point I made to, to this person who was writing me. And they wrote back and they said um, exactly as if that supported their point, which I didn't actually quite understand. I didn't follow up on. But they seemed to think that because he was, he was experiencing an overdose of fentanyl, that the police use of force was inappropriate because it would then potentially contribute to his death. But here's the, here's the problem as I see it. We're kind of expecting police officers now, I guess, to be doctors and to be able to diagnose people with problems. Like, this guy is taught if a, if a suspect is resisting arrest, if they're acting erratically, if they're trying to get away, which obviously which you know George Floyd seemed to be doing then they should restrain them with a knee to the neck that seemed to be the most appropriate technique to restrain somebody according to the Minnesota Police Department which is where Chauvin worked and how he, and that's how he was trained right so he basically did everything by the book people are saying oh you did it for too long this is what i would say to the you you had the knee to the neck for too long argument um if you watch the full video from the moment he walks up to uh, George Floyd to the moment George Floyd is carted off on one of those gurneys, um, George Floyd was trying to get out of it. He was trying to escape. He was using every trick he could think of to get out of that arrest. He was begging the officers. He actually like physically tried to move from one side of the police car through the police car to the other side of the police car and actually succeeded in getting out of the police car and trying to slither his way out. Um, he was trying to trick the police officers. He was trying to, he was complaining about, you know, he was saying that he thinks he's going to die and all this kind of stuff. Even though his life wasn't in any danger, in terms of dealing with the police officers, he kept insisting on sitting in the front seat for some reason because he was claustrophobic. And there's a lot of weird stuff that that uh, that George Floyd was saying. Now, I've watched the show Cops. I've seen a lot of people that are high on drugs or drunk or, mm -hmm. or just a little bit crazy trying to get out of arrests and stuff like that. Police deal with suspects who are acting erratic all the time. Those those suspects aren't usually haven't usually ingested a lethal dose of a drug to the point where you know the officer can can see obviously this person is about to die. You know if you're dealing with people all the time that are acting erratically because they're on drugs, you are trained to react to them in certain ways. There is no way, as far as I'm aware, that Chauvin would have been able to tell. Oh, this guy took three times the lethal dose of fentanyl and he's going to die. If he had known that, and if he had been told, if you put your knee to his neck, it will contribute to his death in some some way, then maybe you could make a case that he's culpable in some way. But this idea that like police officers have to be doctors now and be able to diagnose everybody with every kind of any kind of condition and, and be able to determine when somebody's overdosed on drugs, uh, that's just not realistic. I mean, you could you could definitely implement that kind of training and try to you know encourage cops to be able to see it and not. But you cannot expect people who are not trained medical professionals to know these things. Um, Derek Chauvin, I believe, was acting in in the uh, the way he was trained to act. So if you have a problem with the way he acted, you have to take it up with the people who trained him, not with with Derek Chauvin himself, who just did his job. Uh, that's how I look at it. Um, but uh, other people are trying to say, oh, no, no, it was excessive force. It was excessive force. It's like, I don't know. To me, it's like, 
they brought this guy in as an expert, but they paid him $13,000. To me, that automatically indicates that his testimony has been bought. He has been everything bought. Everything is bought. Even the expertise of uh, the reason why he died. Like, they did one expertise was like a state. Yeah, and it says autopsy. he died from yeah. from overdose. There is another expertise, like a military, whatever. I don't yeah. know exactly. And they said the same thing. And then they found some private company. <laughs> yeah. They did yeah. the results as they wanted them right. to do this. Right, right. Yeah, I, I don't mean, understand how they. Well, can... there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of politics at stake here because Black Lives Matter movement, right? A lot of the Black Lives Matter movement was built on the death of George Floyd, so they need to find. I just, I'm so pissed off of, of this situation that I just the only words I can it's, it's swearing words. I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, why don't you just swear in Russian so, and then it's it's no, uh, it's, it's a little bit like people. So messed up. Yeah, yeah, it is messed up. It's messed He's up. He's not supposed to go to prison. Uh, let's see here. No, he shouldn't go to prison. Um, so then Steger, this this supposed expert, was asked, uh, typically in a normal situation where you're dealing with somebody... Oh, no, this hard. That was what Steger said. But um, And then Schleicher, who's the, who's the uh, attorney here, prosecutor, uh, also showed Steger a photo of Chauvin pressing his knee down on Floyd's neck. Can you describe what you see here? The prosecutor asked. This is so theatrical. <laughs> Uh, Steger said, I see an officer with his, with his knee on the neck of Mr. Floyd. Uh, is this the form of force? Schleicher asked. Yes, Steger replied. Steger, a consultant and expert on the use of force, said he was hired by state prosecutors to review documents and testify in the high-profile murder case. He conceded that Floyd was initially uh, actively resting, or sorry, actively resting, actively resisting officers, but he said once he was placed... In the prone position on the ground, he slowly ceased his resistance and said the cops should have stopped using force. No, I disagree with this massively. And the reason I disagree with this is because if this guy has used a bunch of different tricks, tricky language, tricky physical movements, the guy's as big as he is, and the officers think that he's potentially using another trick to escape, right? playing dead right that's another trick you can you can uh, pretend that you're not resisting until they move and then run right uh which i'm sure happens to cops all the time it's yeah. sort of like uh you know george Floyd is saying oh i, I can't breathe and uh, i you know i need I, we probably couldn't breathe because of the drugs but at the time it sounded like a lie it sounded like an excuse and saying oh i'm claustrophobic i can't sit in the back seat i have to sit in the front seat all these things seemed like excuses they seemed like um it didn't seem it seemed like he was crying wolf a lot right you know the story of the boy who cried yeah. wolf okay um and so this idea of him no longer resisting could have meant that indeed he had stopped resisting but it also could have meant that he was faking and so i think that probably in derek chauvin's Maybe he mind was feeling like he it's hard for him to breathe but it's if it's hard for you to breathe and you know you took a lot of drugs then just sit down yeah. Don't move. Yeah, get in the car. Because you're gonna. Yeah. The situation's gonna get worse. Or, but I, I think it was out of his mind on drugs is the problem. Which is, which is, look, well, th that's a tragedy. I understand. That's a tragedy. You shouldn't. You know, it's a shame that people drive die of drug overdoses. It's a shame that people do this. But that doesn't mean that Derek Chauvin has to go to prison and, because and people always say, "Oh, he called his mom." It was so sad to watch. Well, there was another black guy who who is on a parole, yeah. uh, was kicking the Asian girl in the head, and he. Wasn't pro from healing his own mother. Killed so his own mother. Calling yeah. its mother. I, I mean, people are like, oh, he, he calling his mother. It, it doesn't. 
for me, it doesn't mean anything. You're saying people, some people hate their mothers, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't I know mean, a comparison it's just, it's between just weird those for me two. To hear, oh, he called his mother is like so sad, but you neglecting his criminal history. Here, here, well, here's what I think. Here's what I think. If you're out of your mind on drugs, it, it's tough. You know, that's a tough thing. Police have to deal with it in whatever way they can. It's messy. Sometimes it's not always uh, perfect. It's not always done perfectly um, because every case is different. Every case is difficult. And, uh, you know, police have to be given some discretion to do their jobs in the way that they think is fit at the time. Um, you know, you can't expect cops to, to know for sure this person is dying. I mean, it looked like he was lying for most of the most of the thing. I mean, the fact that he was actually probably suffocating to death because of the drug overdose what he should have done what could have saved his life and what probably would have saved his life is he t said look when you came up to the car i needed to get rid of these drugs so i took them all at once i think i'm dying of a drug overdose if he had said that these guys would have been oh okay call the medics over you know i think the medics were on their way anyway but then there would have been some kind of perception of what was happening and and, and maybe he could have well, been treated well what done is done we can't yeah, you can't go back in time and, and save the guy's unfortunately, life. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Um, all right, so let's keep reading here a little bit more. Uh, it says, uh, yeah, he says cops should have stopped using force when he stopped resisting, which I don't agree with. Uh, Chauvin, Chauvin attorney Eric Nelson is due to cross-examine Steger on Wednesday. Steger's testimony follows similar statements from other witnesses that could have included Minnesota Police Chief um, Medaria Aradona, Aradonda and Lieutenant Richard Zimmerman, the department's top homicide cop. In other testimony Tuesday, Lieutenant Johnny Mercil, the department's chief of use of force instructor, chief use of force instructor, said Chauvin's restraint was not authorized and never has been. I actually really hate that. When I read that, I was like really pissed off because that is not true. That is not true. I, I, I've read in many different places uh, uh, articles that cite this particular method as being as the cops in Minnesota being trained to implement. So I don't know what the hell this guy's talking about. That kind of pissed me off when I read that. I'm like, is this guy just trying to get out of trouble himself? Like, oh, no, I didn't teach him to do that. Even though certainly cops in Minnesota are taught to use that restraint. We've what happened to other guys? Other two the guys. other police officers? Yeah, yes. they were arrested as well. I don't know what's going on with them. I haven't paid attention to their particular cases. Uh, Chauvin, 45, is charged with second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter in Floyd's death on May 25th outside a city convenience store. Prosecutors contend Chauvin and three other cops caused Floyd's death by ignoring his pleas for air and calls by a crowd of bystanders to take his pulse. Nelson Chauvin's lawyer has argued that the bystanders distracted the ex-cops creating an unsafe environment. It's true. You know, you can see in the video, like the cops trying to tell the crowd to back off and stuff like that. Um, and says Floyd died due to drug use and a heart ailment in testimony earlier Tuesday, Nicole McKenzie, the Minneapolis police department's medical support coordinator said all cops on the force are trained to provide CPR and trained to use trained in the use of Narcan, a drug used on overdose patients. But that's the thing. I don't think they really knew he was overdosing. I think they just thought he was on drugs. Yeah. That's what I think. You know, that's what it looked like to me. Uh, but none of the cops provided medical care to Floyd, who was unconscious and had no pulse by the time the paramedics finally arrived at the scene. On cross-examination by 
Nelson McKenzie argued that bystanders could provide a distraction to cops on the scene and said that making a judgment on a, on a suspect's medical condition can be difficult under similar circumstances. Well, of course, they're not doctors. They're police officers. They're not doctors. That's, that's the important thing here. They don't have that training. Uh, does it make it more difficult to assess a patient, Nelson asked? Yes, it does, McKenzie replied. Make it, make it more likely that you may miss signs that a patient is experiencing something, question mark. Nelson followed up. And so the distraction can actually harm the potential care of the patients, question mark. Potentially, McKenzie said. The trial, which began last week, is expected to last four weeks. Nelson will present his defense to the jury after prosecutors conclude their case. I mean, the whole idea this guy's being prosecuted at all, to me, is ridiculous. The guy dies of a, clearly of a drug overdose. To me, that's like very obvious. The guy had to restrain him because he was trying to get out of it. And he restrained him as he was dying of a drug overdose, but maybe couldn't tell that that was what was happening. To me, that, to me, it's like very obvious what happened here. Um, the, the only reason this has even gone to trial, I think, is because of the Black Lives Matter movement. Black Lives Matter movement made a huge deal about this. You know, they started protesting in the streets, burning down buildings, killed a bunch of people, and now somebody's got to pay. He will pay, unfortunately. I, I, I don't think so. I hope he gets out of he it. He is not. They, I they hope won't he let him out. Even, even, even if they will say, yeah, Joshua did not die from uh, knee on the neck, but because this situation caused such a huge yep. BLM protest in the, in the whole country, country. Yeah. and caused so much damage. Yeah they will still put him in prison. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think... I think. Well, I hope not. I hope not. But I for think me, it seems like he will not get out of I'm an optimist. Prison. I say justice will be served. I, I say Derek Chauvin will be out. Everything will be fine. There will be protests in the streets. They're going to burn more buildings down. They're probably going to kill more people. But uh, that's on Black to. Lives Matter. That's not to. on Derek 100% Chauvin. 100% they're going to. All right, darling... I'm, I'm pissed you, off. I'm going to ask you for a favor. This is a big deal. You ready? Yes. You ready? Can you read the next article? No. <laughs> read the next article, woman. <laughs> okay. This is not over. DeSantis blast 60 minutes report on Florida's vaccine rollout. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Um, I was actually, uh, the, the 60 minutes thing was sent to me. Um, well, an article from the Daily Cost was sent to me about this uh, from a Democrat saying, "saying Hey, look at this! One of your one of your golden boys is is fallen." And uh, weirdly, at like literally the same time, I was watching Tucker Carlson, and you know, DeSantis was on there talking about it. Um, and I'm like, and so I watched the Tucker Carlson thing real quick, and I look at the Daily Cost article, and I write back to this guy, and I'm like, "Hey." They just totally de- debunked this like instantly. Like this uh, sixty minutes, this sixty minutes thing is um, absolute garbage. But let's go ahead and have a read here. Uh, for for those of you who don't know, basically sixty minutes interviewed Desantis, or they asked him a question at a press conference about specifically about how um, he had distributed the vaccine through this. Um, grocery store called Publix, which mm-hmm. is popular in the South generally, I think, and specifically in Florida. And um, I guess Publix had contributed to his 
to his gubernatorial campaign or something like that. So they were saying this was like a quid pro quo. This was like a pay for play. Like they had they had donated money to you, and so they benefited with this rollout of the drug, you know, of the, of the vaccine for COVID. And he said, "No, this wasn't even my decision." <laughs> What are you talking about? I didn't. Even, I wasn't even the one that made the decision to roll it out on Publix. Like, back off. You know, I, br- I brought all the options to all the different people involved, and they all agreed that Publix was the best route to get these this vaccine distributed. But a lot of his explanation of what happened was cut out of the 60 Minutes segment, and instead they put in their own editorializing, which was basically just criticizing um, criticizing DeSantis and distorting what happened in such a way that made him look bad. And a lot of conservatives are suspicious now because he's such a popular guy amongst conservatives. Basically, everybody thinks that if if Trump doesn't run in 2024, it's going to be DeSantis is going to be the next president. And uh, and so I think it, it looks like to a lot of Republicans, like Democrats are starting to try to do hit pieces on DeSantis mm-hmm. in whatever way they can to try to cripple his chances in like, 2024. It's not 2024. DeSantis isn't, didn't even say he's going to run, but they're already trying to impeach exactly him. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They're already trying to impeach yeah. him. Exactly right. Yeah, you've got it exactly. Okay, so so let's read the headline here. This is not over. <clears throat> DeSantis blast 60 Minutes report on Florida's vaccine rollout. Um, the person who sent me this article, by the way, because I, I haven't seen the full 60 Minutes video yet. I haven't had time to watch the full thing. I'll watch it tonight. But uh, the guy who sent me this uh, Koss article said, well, it wasn't just this Publix issue. There was a lot of problems with what DeSantis did mm-hmm. with regard to the rollout, um, even though I think like 80% of, of old people have gotten the vaccine now or something like that, like a ridiculous number. Like it's been super successful, but whatever. Anyway, let's have a look here. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis harshly criticized a 60 Minutes report in a press conference on Thursday, on Tuesday. I can read. Uh, the governor was referring to how 60 Minutes omitted 356 words from his 423-word uh, answer in the report, and it shows how dishonest these uh, how dishonest these are smear merchants. That's why nobody trusts corporate media. They are a disaster in what they're doing. They know they knew what they were doing was a lie. I knew what they were doing was a lie. Everybody knew what they were doing was a lie. Uh, they know. They know they're lying, and yet they still continue to lie, he continued. I agree with that. (laughs) DeSantis then reasserted his intent to defend himself against uh, the allegations and hold the corporate media responsible. 60 Minutes attempted to portray the state's vaccination partnership with Publix, a grocery store chain, as being nefarious. I know corporate media thinks that they can just run over people. You ain't running over this governor. I'm punching back, he said. You come down to our state and you try to smear people, we're going to bite back and we're going to hold you accountable. This is not over by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Several prominent Democrats defended DeSantis against the accusation, including Jared Moskowitz, a former Democrat state senator uh, who now runs the state division of emergency management. And I think that is the guy, Jared Moskowitz. I think he's the guy that actually made the decision to distribute the vaccine through Publix. And he's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's he's defending DeSantis, which I think is fantastic. Uh, uh, Moskowitz said uh, that his office suggested Publix and called the report absolute malarkey. Another Democrat, former state representative Dave Kerner, a current Palm Beach County mayor, called the reporting 
intentionally false because he said he offered to speak with CBS, but the network rejected the offer. In a statement in response, CBS spokesman Kevin uh, Tedesco shared a link with the uh, Epoch Times via email of a local CBS reporter speaking with Kerner the day after the 60 Minutes after 60 Minutes aired. He also said that 60 Minutes asked the governor twice for an interview, but that those requests were denied. As we always do for clarity, 60 Minutes used the portion of the governor's over two-minute response that directly addressed the question from the correspondent Tedesco wrote. So Tedesco is just sort of giving a sort of, um, you know, pathetic response like, oh, no, 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 we're good. We did everything right, even though obviously they didn't. Obviously, this is a, this is a kind of a manipulation to try to make DeSantis look bad intentionally, uh, despite the fact they don't actually have uh, any story there. There's no story there. You know, they just, they, they're, they're lying. They're pretending there's a story there. It's obviously not true. Um, but I'm going to watch the full 60 minutes thing tonight. And I'm going to try to figure out exactly why people, mm-hmm. you know, think DeSantis did something wrong. DeSantis done everything right. As far as I can tell, a lot of people pointed to Florida numbers and said, you know, they weren't as strict as other States and they've had kind of a high death rate and stuff like that. But like, it's all old people. It's all old people in Florida. I mean, most of the people, there's so many retirees in Florida. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised it's not 10 times the amount of, of COVID deaths in Florida. I mean, that that place should be like Italy. I mean, that place should have been full hospitals. I mean, like half the state should have died from COVID, right? So I think, you know, probably what they did was the best possible uh, uh, solution. And y- you would have expected a high death, death count in, in Florida. And so... You know, you you got a high death count, but it wasn't hugely. I mean, it wasn't like absurd. I mean, it wasn't ridiculously higher than anywhere else. So, um, I I think they did a pretty good job in Florida. Now, I mean, I'd have to go into a deeper dive to talk about that intelligently, but um, I think that's probably done a pretty good job. But I will watch the sixty minutes report and I'll I'll see what I think about that. Um, all right, do you have anything to say about this? No. Shall we move on to the next story? Uh, is there a next story? Oh, that is the end, ladies yes. and gentlemen. We are done with the news. I'm happy about that. Okay, darling. Yes. Would you like to read questions and comments? Yes, I do. All right. Uh, first super chat from Lainey Buchner. B-U-E-H-N-E-R. Uh-huh. Uh, you are one of my favorite YouTubers. Just wanted to say I appreciate your videos. Oh, that's the most lovely thing ever. What's her name? Uh, J- Lenny. Huh? Lenny. Lenny? Yeah. Oh, that's L- probably a guy. L-E-N-A-Y. That's probably a guy. I was saying she. That's still a lovely thing to say. Thank you, Lenny. I think it's a girl. Oh, it is a girl. Okay. Well, thank you, Lenny. I Either think, way. I think. A very charming, wonderful thing to say. We very much appreciate hearing things like that. Uh uh, you know, I've been doing this show for quite a long time, and I do get uh, n- people writing nice comments, but they never get old. I always, I'm very flattered when people like my show and people say nice things. Uh, um, one thing that I struggled with a lot when I first started the show was was uh, the stress of trying to respond to everybody because people say such nice things, and people are so, um, and there's so many cool people like. My the people that watch my show, I think, are actually the best people on YouTube. So I always want to be friends with everybody. And there's just you know there's just too many thousands of people that watch the show. So it's just it, I got to the point where I was actually like psychologically having problems because <laughs> I'm feeling obliged to respond to everybody. I can't. So but it's always nice when uh, when I can respond and and talk to people and um, 
yeah, I, I kind of stopped responding to any emails. I've stopped responding to any like uh, messages on Facebook or Twitter because uh, it just got too overwhelming for me. So if you've ever written me on Facebook or Twitter and I didn't respond, I am very sorry. It wasn't that uh, I didn't want to or that I was trying to ignore people. It was that it became so overwhelming I actually had to make a make a decision just to not read uh, so many messages. Um I will read the emails. If somebody sends me an email, I'll read an email, actually, but not from social media sites. All right. Uh, the next comment or question? What do you What do you get? Um, next super chat from PNWRX15 uh -huh. says, imagine losing to a trainee. Trainee. <laughs> it's a, 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 tran a transgender. Yeah. Transgender. Imagine losing to a trainee. Why would you put that in a super chat? Okay, it did make me laugh, I will admit, but uh, okay. <laughs> well, let's go to the next one. Jeez. <laughs> okay, next one. Yeah. Jeffrey Adams. Yes. Uh, my words matter because I'm willing to pay for them. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, that's, that's the thing about the super chats. I was talking to somebody about this the other day, uh, Sebastian Gorka. Um, Gorka was saying, don't you get some money for the super chats? That's kind of nice. And I'm like, yeah, I do get money for the super chats, but I actually don't like getting money for the super chats because I'm not, when I'm doing this live show, that to me, that isn't actually the purpose. The purpose isn't because I can get money through views from the show or through ads from my Mr. Reagan show. I don't need money from the super chats. That's actually, you know, it's nice. I mean, it's nice to see at the end of the show, oh, I got a hundred bucks or whatever it was, mm -hmm. but, but, um, I would actually prefer to have a free and open conversation with everybody. But one thing that Super Chats do, which are nice, is that they they have a nice, beautiful color, and you can see them, obviously, and then it draws your eye, and I can indicate the people who really, really want to write something or really want to get something expressed. Um, and so your comment, although it's facetious and a little bit snarky, uh, th there is some truth in that. Uh, the, the If you're willing to pay for to say something, you will get heard you know, on, on on any YouTube channel, and I think it does work better because you can't read every comment in in the chat, but you can read the the super chats. You know, they're they're very obvious, they're very clear. But if you don't want to pay for a super chat, but you still want me to read something, um, if you can write at toxic masculinity, I'll tr I'll try to see it. Um, can you see that when they do that? You can't. So that's the problem. Valeria reads them, but she doesn't have access to that. But I can see if they're orange, and I'll try to read them. Like a Taku Magnet here says, I will repost a link about Jennifer, sorry, about Jenner regretting his sex change during a Q&A. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Uh... Well, too late. Yeah. <laughs> She's so cold, isn't she? She's so cold. All right, let's read the next one. Uh, Patron Daniel. Oh. Uh, greetings from North Carolina. I'm on vacation visiting family. Floyd overdose police officer will be acquitted. 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 Free the kitty. What's the last word? Free the kitty. Free the kitty? Free? F-R-E-E? The yeah. kitty? Kitty. Okay, well. He's here. He's he's not in the, he's not in the bathroom today. He's just sitting on the bed here chilling. So he's good. He's been good. <laughs> chilling. That's pretty funny. So yeah, no, I I see. Yeah, he agrees with me that Derek Chauvin will be acquitted, and uh, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Thank you, Patron Daniel, or as Valeria calls you, Patriot Daniel. 
<laughs> I think I like Patriot Daniel better. I think we'll call him Patriot Daniel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Joy Sullivan's no Sullivan. I don't know. Joey, sorry. Congrats. Oh, Joe Sullivan. Joe Sullivan. 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 Okay. Sullivan. 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 There's a movie called Sullivan's Travels. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's with Veronica Lake. Veronica Lake is probably the most beautiful woman that was ever shot on film. She was about your height. I think she was like five two. She was very small, and um, and uh, absolutely stunning. But a, a nightmare to work with. Look up, look up Veronica Lake if you don't know who it is. But she was so difficult to work with. She wasn't in a lot of films, but. Um, yeah, Sullivan's Travels. It was a really good movie. It's actually about how you get these uh, egomaniac uh, film directors who want to do, you know, who want to do political. Wow. wow. Yeah, she's great, right? And if she looks like, I will not want to mention it on the show, but I'll tell you later. <laughs> uh, I can I can show you guys what Veronica Lake looks like. Hold on. Yeah, that's good. Let's see here. So that's Veronica Lake. Uh, one of the most beautiful women ever on on film, um, and uh, yeah, Sullivan's Travels. I know it's kind of a random, um, kind of a random thing to to talk about, but uh, it is it is uh, it is relevant to politics because the movie Sullivan's Travels is about a director who just wants to do sort of like um, so, you know socially relevant films, you know important films that change change the world. Uh, you know, he was basically like, he wanted to be like a political activist using his films. Mm -hmm. But the producers that he was working with were like, no, just just make comedies. Just make stuff that people like. You know, just make funny, stupid movies. And he's like, no, 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 I want to make politically relevant, important films. And then he ends up going to prison for a crime he doesn't commit, I think. Or so, so some reason he goes to prison. And in the prison yard, there's all these like pathetic, you, you know, just absolutely hopeless people who have been imprisoned for various reasons. And they get like a couple hours off of work to go watch a movie. And it's one of his old comedies. And they're all just dying laughing and they're just loving it. And he, realize, he realizes in the movie, it's like a kind of bizarre film that Hollywood made about themselves. Like, you She's know, 4'11". She's not even my height. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, she was really tiny. Yeah. What? I did, uh, yeah. I said your height, but yeah. I didn't know exactly what her wow. height was. Wow. She's very tiny. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, yeah, so he so he goes ahead and he uh he goes back to Hollywood after having seen the reaction that these very hopeless people have to this this amazing comedy and he says actually giving people a bit of happiness in a miserable day is better than trying to convince them uh you know of my like social social activism BS. And then he makes the decision to be a comedy filmmaker and to do the kind of films people want to see as opposed to the films that he wants them to see. Uh, and it's, it's just a very, you know, interesting philosophical movie. Sullivan's Travels. Go ahead and watch it. Um, if, you, if you can stand old movies. Not everybody can stand old movies. Okay. Uh, what is the next super chat that we have? Oh, no. What did he say? He didn't, we didn't read his thing. He said, it was, was yeah, it? Yeah, we didn't read. Did he say congrats on the because Sunday show? We, is that the one? We, we stopped on his last name and you reminded <laughs> you. Um, yeah, I went on my this tangent. This movie and yeah. this girl, okay. Congrats now, on your Sunday show, is that the comment? Yes. Do you want me to read it? You can read okay. it. Okay. Congrats on your Sunday... Okay, I will read this. <laughs> I don't read as Congrats well Congrats on your Sunday show with Scott. The conversation was great. <laughs> he Neither did a good great. job in Baltimore. 
He did a good job in Baltimore. Like I said before, guests are good for the show. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I, I actually like putting certain guests on because I think certain people's voices should be heard. Um, Scott is an awesome guy, and uh, and I love doing the show with him. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, historically, as I've done interviews with people, they haven't done well. Like, people don't, uh, they don't get a lot of views. And I think that one was no exception. I think that one didn't do particularly well either. I can look right now. Um but yeah, I don't know. People don't watch my shows with interviews. Um, oh, it's on. Sorry, it's on a. It was a live show. Yeah, sixteen sixteen point eight. So sixteen thousand eight hundred views did not do great. I mean, that's one of my worst ever performing videos. But I did. I did put it on Easter. So you know. What what can you do? What can you do? And also, YouTube is really constricting my channel now, my Mr. Reagan channel. So I'm probably going to do a Mr. Reagan 2 channel. Um, but yeah, thanks. I'm glad you liked that interview. Um, I think people should watch Scott and, and know what he's doing and get involved and uh, go to his website and donate to his uh, causes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think he's he's great. He's doing great stuff. Uh, shall we move on to the next uh, comment? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the nickname. It's this one. 800,000 D. Dick Severin? Yes. Severin? Yeah. Oh, Kiwana Hurt, by the way, wrote, Thanks for doing the live stream. I re-listened while I was at work the next day. Oh, that's cool. That's great. Uh, do you want to read this uh, yeah. Dick Severin? Uh, if you don't come see me today, I can't save you any money. I can't save you any Scott money. Scott Thomas and always... <laughs> Just this person's from Oregon. YouTube this person. Video last night. This person's from Oregon. I think it was Scott Thomason. You're 100 percent right. Just saw him on a YouTube video last night. That is the guy. That's the guy that my mom used to say she was going to marry if Dad ever leaves. <laughs> Let me see if I can get a picture of Scott Thomason for you guys. Uh, is Scott Thomason Toyota? I think in Oregon. Uh. Let's see here. Scott Thomason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the guy. Oh, man. This is too funny. I, hold on. I, I can't quite find it. Um, I think that's... No, I don't know why. There's not a lot of images. Maybe I wrote it wrong or something. Anyway. Scott Thomas and Toyota. You guys should... Uh, I'm gonna play, you know what? I'm going to play an ad. I'm going to play a Scott Thomas and ad. You guys are going to love this. This is the guy that my mom said she would marry if uh, if my father left her. Okay. find the best selection of 1991 Toyota pickups to the largest Toyota dealership in the Northwest, Thomason Toyota. Right now, we have the 4x4 extra cab pickups you've been looking for. They're hard to find, but at Thomason Toyota, we have over 75 in stock right now, starting at just 11888 For your 1991 Toyota 4x4 pickup, come to Thomason Toyota, where we offer financing to anyone. Remember, if you don't come see me today, I can't save you any money. Nickel Roy. Remember, if you don't come see me today, I can't save you any money. 
friggin' hilarious. Anyway, Valeria's expression throughout that ad was was golden. That was absolutely priceless. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. You're just like this the whole time. <laughs> that's the guy. Yeah, that's why it was funny. That's why it would, it would always crack us up so much. That's <laughs> gonna leave. Gonna leave and go be with that guy. Anyway, nothing against Scott Thomason. Awesome guy. Very wealthy. Did very well for himself. But you know, his ads were just very funny when I was growing up. Anyway, um, all right. You want to read anything else? Do we have anything yeah. else? Okay. Nathaniel. 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 There you go. Okay, Project Veritas vs. New York Times suit. The New York... Chris, can you read this? Yeah. Uh, Project Veritas versus New York Times lawsuit. The New York Times defense is that their news is unverifiable, so they can't be sued for defamation. You'd enjoy the article. Yeah, no, no, I, I've read about this. Um, I probably should have talked about it on the show earlier. Um it was something. It's something I've been following. Uh, I get the, I get the notifications from. Little um, <laughs> bottle can't bat him. He's fine. Um, I get the notifications from Project Veritas. Aston, come on. What are you doing, buddy? Is that other cat out there, or what's going? There you go. Um. People always get nervous when I let him out there. They're like, don't let him out there. He's going to jump. <laughs> he hasn't jumped yet. He hasn't jumped yet. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Nathaniel is right uh, that this is a fascinating so story. So um, the New York Times actually tried to get the lawsuit dropped. Um, but the judge was like, no. No, we're not dropping this lawsuit. This is totally legitimate. You guys basically lied about Project Veritas, and now you got to pay the piper. You can't just slander people knowing that you're lying about them, right? And uh, it's pretty obvious that uh, the New York Times is going to have to pay for this. Um, for your information, cat is not outside. Chris just locked the door. He's inside. Yeah, yeah the cat didn't, didn't run out. He's, he's right here. Um, their news is un unverifiable. Well, what they used as a defense that I was reading about was one of their defenses was to say that um quiet cat uh what one of their defenses was to say what what do they say they said uh um Austin, stop. I don't remember I don't remember what the what the first thing I was going to say was cuz the cat's distracting me but the second thing the second thing which I thought was even more egregious was that they oh no they used wikipedia as a source mm -hmm. that was the first thing so they used wikipedia as a source they said they said wikipedia said that Project Ver Veritas is unreliable, and therefore it's okay if we say they're unreliable. Uh, which is like anybody can comment on Wikipedia. That's not a that's not a reliable source in any you know in any way whatsoever. If you don't like somebody, you can just write something nasty about them on Wikipedia. That doesn't it's not a good source. First of all, the second thing that was kind of ridiculous about what they said was they said, well, lots of different newspapers and lots of different places have have slandered Project Veritas. Um, and so they're they're I forget what word they use, but they said like they're they're unslanderable or something like that. You you can't you can't libel or you can't slander Project Veritas because they've been libeled and slandered so much by so many people that at this point, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's basically un it's basically um, 
kind of common knowledge that they're horrible people, even if they aren't. It's been said so much. You want to just go get them? You want to just go put them in the in the uh, bathroom? They've been slandered, and they've been there's so much bad stuff has been said about them. How could we possibly have known whether or not they were bad people? Because everybody says they're bad people. As if that excuses it, right? It's like, well, all these people said they were bad, so, you know, of course we're going to say they're bad. It's like, no, you're the New York Times. You're not supposed to just say things without checking checking in on them. Like, you can't write a whole report about how somebody is awful based on the based on other news agencies who have like s- said the same thing. You have to actually go do the research and find out if that's true. Um, Aston, what are you doing? You just trying to piss me off? No. No. Okay, you want to come up here? We have one more super chat and we can be done. All right. Read the other super chat. Uh, Big fan... uh, No, sorry. Let's fix this. Uh Big fan of your work. Next time you visit Chicago, drinks are on me at Terra 16 and Trump Tower. Nice. We've actually been to Terra 16 and and Trump Tower. We didn't buy anything, though. We just took... (laughs) He just took pictures, and then we left. I told Valeria we I would buy her a drink. No, we but... were in hurry to the meeting. We so were in we a hurry. We were in a hurry. We just stopped by, uh, take right. pictures, and... Right, 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 right. <laughs> I don't know. He's got a lot of energy now. He was sleeping the whole time, so... All right. Um, Mark in Alberta writes, This weekend, Toxic Masculinity live stream on WrestleMania. <laughs> That's not true. That's oh, not there's one more super chat. Uh, let's see. Technosaurus writes, uh, the nuclear family is great until it becomes super critical. Yeah. I think what what he's saying is... Uh, I don't actually know what you're saying. I, I, I think... Uh, I, I don't really understand that ex- expression, but okay. Let's see here. Mark and Alberta says, they are seriously locking Alberta down again in the day before WrestleMania. <laughs> WrestleMania. I never got into the wrestling thing. My brother was really big into the the wrestling thing. Okay, um, Kat is going crazy. Yeah, he is. Brett the Illustrator writes, "Glad I caught the whole show today. Great work. Thank you, Brett the Illustrator. Um, uh, he's in the comments often. I, I've responded to Brett the Illustrator. Cool, cool guy. Oh, Brett the Illustrator. Is that the guy that I showed his YouTube channel the other day? Oh, uh, yeah. If you haven't seen Brett the YouTube Brett the Illustrator's YouTube channel, click go ahead and subscribe to his channel. Really good artist. The guy's a really good artist. He does some impressive stuff. Um Maria Delport says, "Chris, if you don't agree that the cops should have been should stop restraining Floyd once he stopped resisting, when do you think cops usually stop?" Um well, I'll tell you what. I think in an ordinary case they certainly should have stopped resist you know should have stopped restraining him once he stopped resisting but the problem was that he was acting so erratically beforehand that it makes sense to me that in Chauvin's mind that maybe George Floyd was just pretending to stop resisting and he was just waiting for his moment to jump and and to escape that to me is a very plausible explanation mm-hmm. as to why Chauvin continued to put his knee on his neck and restrain him uh, uh, even after he stopped resisting, and the other cops weren't didn't seem concerned, right? You would have thought, you know, if, if there was some sign that there was something bad happening, that the other cops would have said, "Okay, hey man, get off him, get off him." Yeah, you know, because I don't think that the cops were sitting there thinking, like, "Okay, how do we murder this guy today?" <laughs> I don't think that was anywhere in their thought process. I mean, maybe, but I think that's a very, very highly unlikely. So. 
I'm trying to come up with the most rational explanation as to what happened. I'm not necessarily trying to say these cops should should uh, should or should not be convicted. I'm just looking at it as it is, and it seems to be obvious that you know what their frame of mind was. At least it's this is the way it seems to me, right? But no, I don't think in every instance should a cop, if 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 a uh, suspect stops resisting, should a cop continue to try to restrain them in a way that is uh, is uh, you know very aggressive. But it's tough, you know, I've seen videos of cops, uh, you know, trying to restrain a suspect and they let their guard down for a second and then the suspect like steals their gun and like shoots them. I mean, you've you've seen videos like this circulate on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, It can get pretty brutal. Um, So if a suspect has indicated that he's going to act erratically and he's going to try to escape and he's going to try to to fight and resist arrest um, in instances like those, it could become very dangerous for the police. So. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm somewhat sympathetic to what the police did. Um, it seems to me, Derek, you know, that, um, that George Floyd died of a drug overdose and, and it seems pretty cut and dried to me. I think that's going to, going to be how it's going to turn out in the, uh, in the courts. Um, Frank James says, Brett, the Hitman Hart, greatest of all time. <laughs> He's a WrestleMania fans. Um, Maxime Surratt writes, uh, is it true that George Floyd asked Chauvin to stick with him? Um, Yeah, he did, actually. He was saying, like, uh, can you sit with me? Or something like that. Or or, or maybe Chauvin said, I'll I'll sit with you in the back or something like that. There was some kind of communication. Watch the full video. I think I posted it on my channel with subtitles. I actually went through and listened to the entire conversation I posted it on my channel with subtitles. You have to do a little search on my channel, but um, you can see the whole thing with subtitles and you can see exactly what he says. Um, and it is pathetic and it is, you know, it's not enjoyable to watch and it's, 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 it's not a nice situation, but that's why we have police officers to deal with not nice situations. And uh, the fact that he, he died of a drug overdose is a tragedy like all tr- drug overdoses, I guess, but... Uh, you, you don't have to blame somebody always. Somebody isn't always guilty of, of other people's deaths, you know, if they die from a drug or an accident like that. He was just trying to deal with the situation as best he could, as far as I could tell. Uh, I'm talking about Chauvin now. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Frank James says, it's going to come down to this. Would Floyd be alive if Chauvin wasn't kneeing him on the neck? Uh, it will be negligence. I don't necessarily think so because imagine if, um, imagine if like the drug overdose would have killed him. You know, ninety nine percent chance it would have killed him, and then the knee on the neck was the extra one percent. Um, but in a normal case, if he wasn't, if he wasn't in danger of dying of a drug overdose. There would have been like zero percent chance that Chauvin would have killed him from the knee to the neck. So, it it only really. Um, <clears throat> It's only really a matter of, to me, Aston, it's only really a matter of, you know, whether or not Chauvin had any idea that he was doing something that could have killed uh, George Floyd. That's what matters to me, not really whether or not the knee to the neck contributed to the death in any way. Um, I think it's whether or not Chauvin perceived that that was true, and I don't think that he did. That's my guess. It's, it's, it would be very difficult to prove that. Megan Brown says, Chris, did you use to shop at Gilson Fred Myers in Portland, Oregon? Gilson. I don't I don't know. Uh I used to live on what was the street that I lived on? I was in northwest Portland, mostly. Um like really like really close to northwest 
I think it was 23rd Street. I think it has all the shops on it. 23rd, I think, is the street. And so there's a Fred Meyer there that I used to shop at. That's Gilson. That's the one I shopped at. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Maxim Serrett writes, uh, is it... Oh, no, we, we read that one. Let's see here. Uh... Da, 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 da. Mark in Alberta writes, everyone who is a conservative from Alberta likes wrestling. <laughs> uh, Maria Delport writes, thanks for your answer. I respect your opinion. I just don't agree with you in this instance. Most of the conservative uh, commentary... Most of the conservative commentary... Commentary this, actually. I don't quite know what your last sentence meant, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, this is something we can all d agree, disagree on. Uh, they're going to go through the trial. We're going to get more data. We're going to get more idea about the specifics about this. Um, to me, I I'm pretty sympathetic to these cops. Uh, you know, Derek Chauvin was on, or Derek Chauvin, George Floyd was on three times the lethal dose of fentanyl. I think that makes it a pretty cut and dried situation here. Or do we have the, the cat on screen? Is that what we're doing here? Uh-oh. Let's see here. Hey, Aston. What are you doing, little buddy? Oh, look at him. He's all chilled now. You have to you have to move the camera down if you want to end the show on a shot of, of Aston. Hey, buddy. All right. So um, there's the cat. And that is the end of the show. You want to say goodbye, darling? Good night. Good night. <laughs> All right. And uh, and that's it for us. We will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for watching. As always, this is the least professional show on YouTube. Uh, I am toxic. She has, is masculine. And together we are toxic masculinity. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Say bye, Aston. Or just sit there quietly. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Toxic masculinity.